Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to the Gym Lords Podcast. I'll be your host today. My name is Joseph, and joining me on the show is Eric from Texas Arena Strength and Fitness in Corpus Christi, Texas. Welcome to the show, yes. Eric. How you doing today? What's going on? Glad to be here. I am excited to have you here today, Eric, to learn more about your business, you know, especially down there in, uh, you know, Corpus Christi, a very uh, yeah. small place down there, but, you know, very excited. But, um, you know, Eric, so take me back, you know, to when you first got into this gym location, what inspired you to open this gym? So, uh, if we're going to go back, um, the location that I am in right now is actually my third location. So okay. whenever I opened up my first location, um, let me say I would, I had a 1300 square foot facility. It was skinny, long and narrow. I, okay. I think I had like, th- I think I had like three squat racks, dude, and some dumbbells. And, and, uh, what inspired me was, I, I would say a couple of things. Um, before I, got brave or courageous or whatever and decided to go off and open my own gym. I worked underneath, uh, a good friend of mine. Um, and his name was Jason. Jason, uh, gave me an opportunity to become a trainer. And at the time I was doing mixed martial arts, I was fighting, I was traveling and I needed somewhere to train for strength conditioning for myself. And I was being real selfish. I just cared about me. And during the time, um, whenever I was, learning and being taught by this guy and this guy is this guy is super knowledgeable he was amazing he just sent me everywhere all over texas to learn um and during the time i just i come from a big family my immediate yeah. family is very big i have three brothers three sisters we're literally the brady bunch and knowing how family works and had to share everything and compromise like on price and what's more convenient and what's make people happy I grew up like this. So being in a family business like his, it gave me the opportunity to work like on the financial side with it. And uh, I guess what inspired me this, a big chunk of that inspired me to become more of a people person, more open, more understanding and doing that through fitness. It allowed me to help in a more deeper connection with people. Mm-hmm. And uh, it just inspired me to move forward. And, and I, I needed my own place to do it in my own direction you know, my own pricing, my own timing. Uh, and then, you know, the other thing is just like, I couldn't stand having a boss. So mm-hmm. I just, I just, I was done checking in, man. I was like, look, man, I'm going, I'm coming in whenever I want. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, I guess a, a big inspiration was family and having more family. I wanted, I wanted it to feel like that. And mm-hmm. uh, now that, I went from that small location. It definitely felt like family because it was really small. And then, mm-hmm. and then I moved to a, uh, I want to say like 2,800 square feet. Um, that was a, pretty, that was a cool one. That was my first time offering a 24 seven access to a small little place. Uh, and then now I'm at my third location, which is not my final location. I have more things like I will get into that, but this location now is it really opened my eyes to how big, I can make this thing and how far I could take it. So I'm excited about that, but mm-hmm. yeah, inspiration, big time family, and just being more open to the community and helping people out Yeah, through fitness. 
Yeah, I really love to hear that because, you know, a lot of us, you know, we come into this industry to serve people and to become, you know, closer to more people and, you know, help them out with yep. their lives. Um, so for, you know, some context for our listeners, you know, when someone asks you about your gym business or, you know, just your gym in general, how do you describe it to them? Man, that's, that's so funny that it, that's so funny when people ask me that because Texas arena offers so much, like we really do offer a lot. And mm -hmm. when, 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 if you were to step foot in my gym, uh, on my training facility, you'd be like, what the hell do y'all do? Do y'all do boxing or CrossFit or what are you powerlifting? And when you walk in, you'll see people like boxing and, and there'll be like a, a college kid or a professional athlete doing strength conditioning or some powerlifter in there just lifting 500, 600, 700 pounds. And you're like, what are y'all doing here? So when people ask me, what do we offer, um, you know, to try to make it, to try not to bombard them with so much information, I tell them like we offer a wide variety of ways to train. Mm -hmm. and reach your fitness goals uh whether it be on a personal level or within a group either way you will be spoken to by a trainer that will help you personalize and help customize a way for you to get to your goal so what we do we personally help people reach their goals through fitness so whether it be group training small training personal training you know athletics uh you know things like that so yeah I've, to answer that i've always told them like you know we personally and customize your way to get to your goal. Um, and then, then we can start in the conversation if like, Oh, I'd rather be in a group or rather be alone or I do need a trainer or I don't. So things like that. But yeah, it's, it's, it's funny. I get asked that a lot and people come up with like uh, their own answers. Like, oh, you're, you're our CrossFit gym. I'm like, no, we're not, but yeah. we can, if you want to like, if you like, want to do it, funny. we can offer that to you. Yeah, no, definitely, man. And, and I, myself, I compete in CrossFit, uh, a bunch of my trainers, I've got them involved in CrossFit just to like do something to keep pushing together, mm -hmm. uh, keep morale in the gym with, with my trainers. So we're, we're very active. We're all very active athletes. So, but yeah, man, always uh, good to hear, you know, from a gym owner that, you know, you are, you are the walking billboard of your facility. Cause you know, if people see yeah. you, they're like, okay, I want to, you know, be like him then I'll go to his gym, work out. Um, yeah. <clears throat> so yeah, definitely. how long have you been in, well, actually, I mean, you've had two locations before here. Um, how long have you yeah. been in this location, roughly? So this one, uh, I want to say in, uh, I want to say June or May, it'll be my third year okay. uh, at this location. So, and, and I move, I move really fast. I love moving. I know that's, that sounds weird and crazy for a business, but if it means progress or growth, I will get up and move like literally yeah. right now. <laughs> like, so like if the opportunity comes for me to have a bigger, better facility for my customers, my clients, I would definitely move. So uh, like the first time I said it was 1300 square feet, I was, I was at that one, I want to say for four years. And uh, you know, by the third, by the second year, I was already like going crazy. It was too full. It was too packed. Yeah. Uh, I honestly don't know how anyone like got a concussion in that tiny freaking tunnel people were doing sna power cleans snatches <laughs> it, was, it was nuts and I, I made it work though man it, it was it was it was awesome it was awesome um mm -hmm. then we went to the second location and i had a lot more room to breathe i had more room to grow and i want to say within a year man that place just like took off like crazy it just got packed it looked really cool 
Um, it was huge. It was all red. It was, it was awesome. It was awesome. And um, I think right there at that location is when I realized how, how like the potential of this could go. Yeah. And um, so I started to open up my doors a lot more to, for bigger groups, more training, things like that. Mm-hmm. And, and, um, and I offered space up and access. So then we got to this location and COVID hit, man. And it was, that was, it was an interesting time for our industry. <laughs> this was crazy. Cause whenever I moved in, I skyrocketed. Like me and my wife owned the gym and uh, we were so happy. We, we went crazy, man. We, you know, all this new equipment, things like new customers, new clients, more classes, more offers. It just went nuts. It went nuts. And then COVID hit and it's just like, it just like, pew, like went through. Yeah, literally. Yes, dude. It was nuts. So yeah, I three years and, and had to do a COVID and it was, it was a nightmare, dude. I was a uh, crazy thing about COVID. I, I, um, so during COVID, I feel like a lot of people that do fitness, uh, they're very one dimensional. Uh, yeah. like this is what I do. Fitness. I have to be there and I'm going to yell at you. We're going to work out. Well, me, I, I never, I never became a trainer because I wanted to be a trainer my whole life. I, I've, I've never, not once did I ever think that. Uh, I am, I know, but now I'm in a position where I actually supply the job for trainers. Mm-hmm. So I'm a little bit more advanced in this uh, because of how long I've been doing it. But during COVID, I was like, man, like all these people out here, they're going to start going crazy. My service, even when I'm not there. So I started like a Facebook private group. Mm-hmm. And in the private group, I would upload workouts literally every single day of me doing the workouts. And so all my paying customers already from the arena would have access to this private group. And they were just at home sending me videos, pictures. They're like, dude, I'm killing these workouts. I was like, dude, this is freaking awesome. Yeah. And it kept um, them, you know, bought into I what it is that you're doing. Yeah. It's a good idea. You know, it really, yeah. social media helps out a lot. And, and like, obviously I want to dive into that a little bit, but I want to ask you real quick here, Eric, you know, as a gym owner, you know, so far in your tenure, you know, what has been the best part and what has been the most challenging part? Oh man. Um, let's start with the best, the, the, the best part of owning my own gym. I would say that it has given me an opportunity and a chance to connect with people that I've never been able to connect with before. And it has given me opportunity to become more within my community. Mm-hmm. What people don't understand, I, I feel a lot of people may not understand, is that when we start to speak about fitness, they may not understand the depth of how far it mentally and emotionally goes. So by creating my own little island of fitness or my own place to get away for fitness, people then come to challenge themselves and feel exactly what I'm saying. Then go off in their day because they look good, they feel good, they do good. Mm-hmm. So it's given me opportunity to have that chance to impact people within my community. And, and, and it's the greatest thing ever, dude. It's the freaking coolest thing ever. 
the most challenging thing. Um, consistency, I would say. When you're on the ball and when you're rolling and things are good, things are very great. The dark side of owning a fitness, uh, of, of, of owning your own training facility or a gym is, you know, the boring back end stuff that people don't see. How mm-hmm. to maintain and how to stay consistent and managing and running your own company, running your own business. That is literally the most challenging part. Then if you're a family man like me, I have kids, I have a wife, I have home, I have double everything. So it's creating personal time, you know, back to managing, staying consistent. How long can I do this? Or how long can a gym owner do this? You know, before they start to feel like it's starting to catch up mm-hmm. and maybe drain you a little bit. This is, that that is challenging. But when you got it, man, you got it. And when it's good and when it's good and when it's bad, you have to remember, you know, and my wife told me this a million times and, and I'm very grateful for her. She, you know, during the times when it does get hard and believe me, man, there's been times where I felt like I wanted to quit. Oh yeah. And, you know, and my wife will look at me and tell me like, how long have you been doing this and quit now? Like you, mm, you don't come this far. That's life right there. Yeah. We, we're, yes. Like we're going further, further and further, bro. So that is the most challenging thing is being consistent, even when it gets hard, even when you feel like maybe you're not doing the best you can. How could you, you know, lace up the boots back up and get hiking again, get moving again? Being consistent is challenging. But with the right people and good managing, you know, and experience, you will overcome. And I feel like I've overcame that, you know, a million times, bro. So, mm-hmm. but, but definitely, man, yes, the, 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 the most amazing thing is helping people. You know, the most challenging is staying consistent. Yeah. And having those, those systems in place that will always be there. So, you know, you can, you know, focus on the other responsibilities that you have in your life, you know, like your family, yourself, right? Um, So paint me a picture here, Eric, you know, where do you want to bring this gym business in the next 12 months? You know, what is that main goal that you're working towards? Is it, you know more members? Is it, you know, more growth in the business? What does that look like for you? Um, I do have long-term goals, you know, yearly goals, but if we're speaking about 12 months, um, within this year, I've already made goals. So within this year, I'm going to upgrade the gym, completely upgrade it. Um, mm-hmm. We're going to go different colors, things like that. Like right now, my gym is half turf and, and, and half matted. So, you know, I have a bunch of green turf. I want to make it all black. Earth. I want to make it like a giant black abyss where you can get away, uh, listen to some music, some good music and, you know, guard. But I do have goals to upgrade the gym, make it a lot better. Um, I do have goals to offer more jobs again for more trainers. I want to open that door up again. Um, right now, I think I have a team of seven. Okay. So I do want a little bit. I do want 10 trainers. That's the goal, I want 10. So, But I'm very picky. Like, I'm yep. very picky. That's good. That uh, is yeah. very good. <laughs> yes. Um. And at the end of this year, uh, I, I made a promise last year to my team that if we haven't moved yet, I would be signing papers on uh, purchasing land to build the gym on. Yeah. And um, my daughter, that is 10 months, came last year. So that threw a whole wrench and mm-hmm. everything. Uh, yeah. So I was like, okay, guys, we look, I'm going to need to go handle this. <laughs> the gym is next. But, uh, that's way more important. And then, um, so this year I'm going to go back to that promise and the 12 months I need to be 
you know, signing, agreeing, you know, negotiating on getting some land, mm-hmm. uh, purchasing that land and starting to build. Uh, and I, and I got goals to build, you know, I don't want a big facility, but I do want eight, you know, seven to 9,000 square feet. Yeah. Um, you know, with, with enough for an outdoor space as well to have turf, outdoor, outdoor turf and do outdoor, you know, activities mm-hmm. for the athletes or, or you know, average, no averaging. But, uh, but yeah, at the end of this 12 months, I will, I will be doing that. So that's the main goal, you know, a, a little bit more progress, getting a new spot, personally, I will at the end of this year. Yeah, that's exciting to hear. And, you know, I always love to speak to growth-minded gym owners. And, you know, it sounds like you're one. You want to keep on going. You don't want to stop where you're at right now. Um, Uh, But in order to, you know, get there, what do you have to focus on right now, you know, on the marketing side of things or, like, growth to get there? Is it, you know, more members? Is it maximizing each client retention? What does that look like for you? Yeah, uh, I the first thing is always retention, and 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 retention always includes quality, uh, mm-hmm. uh, good good quality training and attention to your uh, existing clients. Those are the people that are that, that are going to be your ride or dies. Yep. Now, those people you take care of no matter what. Um, mm-hmm. Then, because we're it's 2023, and if you have crappy marketing skills, you're not going to last. Exactly. So I yep. do have a team. Yes, yeah. it's, and that's another that's very important. I do. Uh, I actually have a great friend of mine. His his, his name is Joshua Fredusco. He's actually a registered dietitian, and uh, on the side, he has a marketing company that uh, I'm very much involved with, and I'm very very supportive. Uh, me and him put together the coolest, you know, videos and things like that to help uh, help market. Uh, he's a really great, he's a really great brother of mine. So we do very good work. Uh, he's amazing work. So I do want to focus on more um, being able to connect with people through good quality marketing and uh so that they can see it through their phone through their laptop or computer or whatever they're on uh and get a connection to their they feel more uh, then also you know the financial side just having good managing skills and being responsible about money and and, and uh, uh your your revenue where to put money where to save where to spend uh what to invest in so yeah those three things investing managing uh marketing advertising and retention those three things will help me, you know, within help me grow pretty fast. If I stay on it and not take off on a vacation. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. You just stay consistent, as you said before. Um, stay. Exactly. And so, you know, with that marketing and advertising, is that, you know, more of a you know, organic social media side of things or are, always, or are you also, you know, putting money into paid advertising on social media? Um, so yeah, it's a little bit of both. Um, I think that to be successful, you know, with social media or, you know, with online advertising or marketing, you got to dabble in both. So creating ads for social media or like Google or like YouTube, whatever, like whatever you feel you're most seen, your demographic Mm -hmm. or followers or might see you, you want to definitely invest, right? Because they're there. It's already exists. You just got to tap in. Take advantage of it. But I feel, Yes. Yes. Um, but I do feel that investing money within marketing is going to be uh, the key here, especially within, you know, these next 10 year runs, like of anyone that wants to develop any kind of business or expand investing in your marketing is going to be a major, major key. So I am uh, prepared uh, and willing to invest a lot in marketing. So the, the thing is that 
we could all share, post, comment, like, and ask our audience or demographic to do these things. But providing good quality marketing that allows the viewer or potential customer mm -hmm. uh, to see within your business, that's going to be the key. Uh, how can I show what we offer? Like how we talked about, like what, what does Texas Arena offer? If I can show through good quality marketing what we offer, people will be a lot more comfortable in spending their hard-earned money and their energy and time. And buy what yes. you're offering them. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, and that's... Yeah, so marketing, man, big time. That is encouraging to hear from you because, you know, I do speak to a lot of gym owners who are completely against, you know, investing, you know, dollars into advertising because they don't know how to do it and they're afraid. And that's yes. like the main thing is that it's like a fear thing. Um, but yeah, it's weird. Yeah. So Eric, like walk me through the client journey here. What does that look like? Does it start with, you know, a phone call, an email, them walking in? What does the client journey look like from a starting point? Cool. So uh, I would say about 85% of my clients do come from social media. Uh, yeah. a, a lot of it's Instagram and Facebook. Um, I've done Google ads before, but like I said, I feel like marketing more, uh, like running ads is different from marketing. Uh, marketing covers ads and everything I understand, but marketing, like showing what we have to offer sometimes cannot be done through an ad. So yeah. running, you know, marketing to me is very important. So, uh, it does come a lot from social media. Um, how it happens usually is that we'll get contacted through social media, uh, you know, whichever outlet they, they want they contact us from. Uh, um, I then ask them what are their goals and, um, you know, what times during the day do you like to work out? This th That's very important to me. Mm -hmm. What time do you like to work out at? Because, it, and, and I feel like that question is a lot more personal because now you care about what time I want to go and work my butt off at your place. So that's probably literally my second question. My first time, you know, what are your goals? And I want to know the second one, what time you want to work out? Cause then I can know what trainer would be, uh, would be Ideal there for, for you. Them. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And uh, you know, I, having, having multiple trainers is great. So I'm able to dirt through these conversations, get to know that, that client. And I go, man, this trainer right here would be really great for you. You, you know, uh, if you're looking for bodybuilding, you know, my, my guy right here, or, Hey man, uh, if you're looking for like, uh, uh, some strength conditioning, you know, I have a trainer here or she's right here for you. She's ready for your car, her car, her things like that. Then, uh, or if it's me, if they fit my schedule, then, you know, I tell them who I am and, you know, obviously like I own it and things like that. So then they're like, you know, sometimes people get excited to work out with me personally and I'm like, cool, man, let's, let's do it. But I am very honest, um, you know, if they have certain goals that I feel like, man, like right now, the majority of my clients are running this way. And for me to make time for like one-on-one -on -one or something like that just does not fit my schedule. Uh, then I would uh, honestly recommend them a different trainer and that trainer have a better impact on that person's goals and life. So I like that. Mm -hmm. But yeah, that's the process. They come in, you know, we get going and shoot, man, like it's just, it's just, you get rolling, crazy, have some fun. Yeah, we get rolling, man. Yeah. Start yelling at them. No, so is it you who uh, who uh, handles the sales process, or is it someone else within the business? Um, I would say so. It goes back to like being manager and and and, and I, me. I consider myself a leader. So if I'm going to say that, then I, I want to be that. 
Yeah. Um, I do have time. I do take time to have good meetings with my trainers and talk about sales. Mm-hmm. Um, my thing is getting away from sounding like a salesman mm-hmm. and sounding literally more genuinely more interested in how I could help this person. So, you know, how many times have you got that call about you know your car insurance on the phone? Every they day. all sound the same, right? You're like, dude, click, hang up. Like, how would how would you like if I call like all the time and be like, hey, uh, ready to work out? Like, who, what? Like, why? Mm-hmm. But if I ask, you know, what are your goals and what time? That's mm-hmm. a lot more personal. So now we're getting away from sales and we're getting to more of just having a conversation. And honestly, most of the time, uh, you know, if this video can help anyone else or if I can give any, you know, advice to someone that's doing like sales as a trainer, like, dude, don't, don't sell, just, con- just conversate and get to know that person. And even if that person, even if you don't make a sale, which is, yes, I understand the business. I believe me. I've been doing this too long to ignore that. Like, yes, I need to sell. You have to but, get those contracts in and those members in to make money. Yeah. Yes. Yes. What I'm saying is like, you know, even if you don't get a sell, you create a bond and a trust, right? Because businesses ran on trust. Mm-hmm. You, you don't give people opportunity or time or money or energy if you don't trust them. Mm-hmm. So if I have a conversation with you right away, I just tell like, this is how much it costs, this is what you need to pay, and this is what time you need to pay. You're like, yo, like, whoa, you don't know anything about me. So mm-hmm. I'd like to know you build trust, and then you can trust me, then I can trust you to show up. Mm-hmm. And from there, we can put a bond and say, if it's not now, it's not now, or whatever. But, mm-hmm. but I want to say, 90% of the time, you get a call back from someone that didn't sign up. And they'll call me back and then they'll sign up down the road because we've had that good conversation. Mm-hmm. So it, yeah, building trust, man. And, and having those conversations, like it's going to help get these clients in, you know, and, and, and me working on sales, you know, back to being family oriented business, you know, you don't talk to family like that. So you actually want to know how your family has been. So, mm-hmm. and if, if I'm saying that, then, preaching that, then I definitely want to be that. So I, I get more into getting to know that person than rather than just pitching to sell. I feel like who I am, my experience, my knowledge, uh, you know, my whole report, uh, what background already says it about me. I don't, I don't, I don't need to sell anything. My trainers, very confident. They don't, they don't need to sell themselves. They don't need to push hard to, convince you that they can help you i know they can help you and they know that they can help you they just need to show you that you can trust them mm-hmm. so how do you build trust let's talk yeah let's yeah. have a conversation about you know exactly what you said you know what are your goals why are you here today like why do you want to you know maybe lose 20 pounds of fat or or you know gain 10 yeah. pounds of muscle why do you want to do that oh okay well we have this program here this could help you That's- you know would you be interested in doing that? Awesome. Let's get you started. How about that? And you guys get started. Yeah. Um, yeah. If it's a good fit, it's a good fit. Exactly. And if it's not a good fit, then there's no reason to bring in that, you know, potential client because they're not going to be a good fit for the business. Because if you have that bad client, yeah. that's a bad name for you. And it just doesn't yes. help anyone. That's pretty cool. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Said that. I feel like a lot of trainers, when they do get in the business, they say yes to anything, man. They're like, Oh, 4 a.m. You want to work Desperation. out? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. They're like, they're like, Oh, it's 12 minutes. You want to work out? Yes. Like, you know, you're trying to get there. And, mm-hmm. and I, I was that trainer, man. I slept like four hours a day. I was so tired. 
Oh yeah, probably sleep on the floor, sweat everywhere, not taking a shower, not eating, doing all that. Believe me, man, I've done it all. (laughs) Like, I knew I had to go to make my own company and make my own business. So I was like, yes, whatever it is, yes. I was getting underpaid, yes. Dude, please pay me. Like, yeah, give me that I money. Really, I need to survive in some possible yes, way, dude. please. Just losing weight, hungry, no sleep, car breaking down. Yeah. Good God. Running off energy drinks. Like, eating. Dude, corner store food. I was like, bro, let's get some money, bro. I was, I was there, man. But when you, when you, and I tell my traders, when you're starting, yes, you're gonna come to that. You're gonna do that. But when you get to a point where you're able to manage and able to see the bigger picture, then you're able to, you know, understand that no doesn't mean that. Mm-hmm. But definitely, I know you can get better trainers somewhere else, or maybe we have another person here for you. But for me, no. And you got to learn how to say no. It hurts. Yeah. Some people may take it wrong. But be like, Look, dude, I know you got goals, but I got to sleep. So Yeah, exactly. I, I, have, I, a, here. I have a life too, and I can't be doing that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Eric, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, I do want to thank you for hopping on today. It was a pleasure speaking with you, but you know, before we hop off and, you know, close out the show, um, I would love for you to share that one piece of advice that you would give to your, you know, your younger self getting into this gym business. Oh man. Let me see if I met myself now. Uh, let me see. I started, I signed, on a lease to get a spot when I was 22, turning 23. Um, mm. I'm 31 right now. Let me see. If I ran into that dude, I would be like, first off, dude, you're pretty badass, but you're about to be really broke <laughs> right now. My advice would be, yes, it's gonna be hard. And you're going to feel like you failed a million times over and over. And during those times when you feel like failing, you're going to feel like you want to quit. But there's too many people out there that could benefit from someone that has been through these feelings of defeat and that could testify could be a testament to overcoming and these people could benefit from a story like that. And these people could grow inspired from someone that they know and that has gone through those trials and they could feel empowered by it to succeed on personal goals. So you're going to impact a lot of people. And this goes for anyone that's, starting out right now that may feel scared yeah it's it's scary but it just only gets better the the more harder you fight man so my advice is (laughs) you're you're gonna be broke and hungry but down the road there's gonna be too many people to ignore and so many people that you could help just keep going yeah and that's the definitely um, that's cool i've never been asked that of course and you know that's the the beauty of you know our industry is that we're able to serve people and and you know push through those those hard times and become you know resilient you know in like entrepreneurs 
in reality, you know, we're kind of like entrepreneurs because we're running our own businesses. I mean, personal trainers, they're running their own businesses, gym owners like yourself. But yeah, I mean, it's just, uh, it's a great time being able to serve more people and just get through those hard times. But um, Eric, what are your social medias and your website? So uh, our listeners can find you. Yeah. Um, so you go on Facebook, uh, Strength and Fitness, just like that. Um, and then also for Instagram, Texas Arena, you'll find us again. Um, the website right now is actually being built. Uh, I had, had one a long time ago. I took it down. It was a mess. I jumped right into it. I wanted to slow things down this year and I want to make sure I want to get a good one. Uh, but it, it, it'll be TexasArenaStrengthAndFitness.com. Um, and just keep on the lookout for that. But Facebook, Instagram, and then, um, yeah, and then the website soon to come this year. Super simple. Awesome, Eric. Thank you for sharing that. And uh, again, I want to thank you for hopping on the podcast today and contributing to the, the show. It's a pleasure meeting you. Dude, that yeah. was awesome. Uh, super humbled by it. I hope this helps some way or someone. I appreciate the time, man. Absolutely. And I'm, uh, I'm sure it will. And to everyone else who tuned in today, we appreciate you as well. And don't forget, if you want to be notified about our future episodes, hit the like and subscribe button. And if you're interested in joining us to talk about your gym business, click the link in the description, fill it out, and our team will be in touch with you very, very soon. And as always, until next time, Gym Lords out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer, and make more money, head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I'll be your host today. My name is Emily Newton. And joining us on the show is Liam from Emeralds Boxing out of the UK. What's going on, Liam? How are you doing today? Good, thanks. How are you? All right? I'm good, thank you. So we're really excited to have you on today. But before we dive into the nitty gritty of what you guys have going on, excuse me, and how you run Emeralds Boxing. First, tell us a little bit about how you describe the business of people and what made you want to start the gym in the first place? Um, the, the business is a, is a non-profit organization um, trying to provide something for the community, um, especially the youth, youth of the community, um, but, but any age is, is welcome. Um, I got into it because I boxed myself as a young lad, did a lot for me, um, kept me on the straight and narrow, and uh, I learned a lot from it and I think it puts an old head on young shoulders and it's something that we wanted to give back to the community. Yeah, that's, that's beautiful. So, I mean, you mentioned that you used to be like a boxer when you were younger. Yeah. Is that how you, is that, was that like your first introduction into the fitness industry? Oh uh, yeah. I was only like 11 years of age. I boxed right through till I was 19 as an amateur and I turned professional at 19 for mm -hmm. a few years and then um, I give up due, due to medical reasons. Yeah. So I mean, where is the, like your motivation or your, your drive to serve kids and then also like the general, po general population come from? Yeah, I think um, it, it, it's changed as we've gone along. Uh, it, it was out and out just boxing originally. And then um, I quickly learned more about fitness and the, the regime that people want to go through to lose weight and stuff. And then obviously because of the way boxing is, you know, lots of you, you hear all the film stars say they've never been any training like boxing training. 
Um, we have a lot of people come to us that just want to lose some weight. So we design little programs just to help them out. And obviously we need that money coming through the door to fund the box inside to keep the doors open. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about the services that you offer on both ends. So for the kids and then also for the gym pot. Yeah, so for the kids, it's it, it's out and out. Some kids just want to come in to get fit themselves. We have kids come in that play rugby, football. You know, they come in and say, I'd, I'd like some help with my strength because I play rugby. So we'll design a programme for them for their strength alongside the boxers. Mm-hmm. Um, the kids that want a box, obviously, our heart and soul is in the boxing. So, you know, they get all the dedication of training them out, training them out of box, moving them, taking them to competitions. And hopefully one day they are good enough to win a national title. And if they're good enough to do that and they want to turn professional later on in life, then we can help them do that as well. Um, but the guys that just come in the general public, I mean, we've got we've got young lads that want to lose a bit of weight, girls that want to lose a bit of weight. Um, we've had a girl that was getting really badly bullied at school that come to us for a confidence thing. Um, she was never wanted to box. She actually ended up boxing in the end and winning a national title. Um, she, she's no longer with us. She's got older and moved on. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know we've we've got older men that are just come in to keep fit. Um, I think some of the guys just like to be around younger, confident people. You know, boxing gyms are full of energy, uh, full of a lot of confidence. So I think people enjoy it. Yeah, for sure. So tell us a little bit about how you guys find your members. So you're a nonprofit organization, right? But yeah. like, what do you do to you know to keep people coming in the door on a consistent basis? Yeah, so a lot of us is, um, uh, you know, hand to mouth really is uh, people, people spreading the word that come through the door. Obviously, we use social media as much as we can. Um, need to get better at that myself, to be honest with you. Um, I'm trying to get someone to run it for me. So we can be on all, all platforms um, it is uh, we use Facebook a lot, but we've got Instagram starting Twitter starting. Mm-hmm. Um, we're trying to push and push and push it now. Um, but we need someone involved that's got a bit of a better brain so so it all is constant we need a constant feed of it really it's the way it goes now and it with the younger generation definitely it's the way they all get involved in everything yeah couldn't agree with you more on that on that aspect um so i mean what have you tried on on social media so far uh we've just got um literally we just put little posts out about um the kids that have boxed we've put little posts out about what we do um but we we've got someone working on something so there's going to be continuous posts going out like two or three a week and i'm hoping that's going to pull pull more people through the door okay so with the posting that you're doing now tell me about that process like how do you get like saying like you're getting some engagement on one of your posts how does that lead to somebody coming into the gym to join and get a membership on the let's start with like the gym pop side of things uh, yeah i think just generally someone's looking to keep fit um we pop up on google quite quickly um okay. so if someone's looking for boxing we come up we come up very fast on the uk sites um so i think if someone's looking in our area we pop up and then they could continue to watch the videos and stuff and obviously then you go from one it all links into the other so you can have a little, there's a few little videos on there of people doing keep fit stuff. And when we did um, COVID, we did a few like um, YouTube videos. One of our trainers done it to try and keep the kids going okay. while, while the gyms were shut. So I think people see that, get a little taste for it. We're trying to do more content like this so people can actually sort of get a sort of feel of who we are. Because mm-hmm. I think that's important. A lot of people like to know 
to walk into any gym, especially a boxing gym, it is not the easiest thing, especially if you're not very confident or you're overweight and you're coming just to lose weight. So I think if people can hear us with little podcasts or big podcasts like this one, I think it gives them an opportunity to think, oh, that's not what I thought it was. I'll go down and see. Yeah. So are you saying that is boxing like kind of, you think like intimidating to people at first? Um, I don't know if it's intimidating. I just think boxing gyms are like, especially our gym, it's like an old school, what you would, what you would think a boxing gym is like a Rocky film. It is very old fashioned. It's underground, you know, it's in the basement of a big building. Mm-hmm. Um, it's fine when you're in there, but I think it's just that little bit of the people in within a boxing gym are very confident. And I think when you walk in, it's sort of everybody uses confidence. And, uh, I mean, we've, we have got an, an absolute great bunch of fighters in our gym, a great bunch of people, even the guys that just keep fit. You know, I've always said, for me, the, the gym must be like a home from home. So I want it to be people's family away from their family. So I want them to be comfortable and speak about what they need to speak about, feel comfortable in their surroundings. So how do you create that type of safe space for people just to feel comfortable and not necessarily you know feel like they have to be a professional fighter to join your gym um i think that's one of the things that we are working on because it's it's getting once someone comes through the door and realizes that oh this isn't this isn't like you don't have to be a boxer you can just come in to keep fit or you don't have to be the best boxer in the world to come in here you come in here to become the best boxer um i think we're slowly walking towards that. And um, these these sort of podcasts, when people get to hear your voice and see you properly and think, oh, that isn't the person I thought it was. And, yeah. and that they've explained it to me. I'll actually go down and have a go. Yeah. And I think some, for some people to come down, if they're keeping fit anyway, to come down and keep fit and then see the journey that some of these fighters actually go through. It's quite a nice thing to watch while you're training. Yeah. So um lost my train of thought here but it's what is your day-to-day look like what in the like, gym or my day-to-day in the gym or my life well that's a great question so maybe <laughs> a little bit of both because you do still have like a full-time um outside of what you're doing now right yeah so I work I'm a postman I work for Royal Mail okay so maybe an even better question is how are you managing both um yeah that is that is the key just uh lots of late nights and lots of uh work 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 just just keep keep ticking the boxes to make make the dream come alive you know um we're, we're halfway there but we'll get there in the end halfway there okay <laughs> so yeah, i mean since you brought it up let's talk about that so you're halfway there you're halfway to what exactly so obviously we'd like a, a much bigger premises, um, more solely for boxing, sort of a, a purpose-built gym, which is something that we're working towards at the moment with some funding and some other groups of people that we work with. Um, and also we'd like to get, you know, eventually a sort of 24-7 gym pass um, where we could do a lot more classes around the sides of um, the commercial side so we can keep keep the gym open for the fighters. Um, but obviously we are very open-minded to be something for the community for people to keep fit you know uh, you know healthy body healthy mind Uh, that is something that that we're very keen on promoting absolutely so a part of your vision is to eventually have it be like a 24-hour open gym so that that can fund um the boxing like professional boxing side of thing things and for the kids too 
more more the amateurs the professional side is the the professional side they fund they fund themselves because they're earning money um, mm -hmm. that's, you know, that's a different sort of ball game uh, mm -hmm. that is something that we do do obviously because i don't want them to train as amateurs all the way through with us from young kids to young men or, or young women and then go will you just go and turn professional with someone else they know us we know them they trust us we trust them we know what's best for them you know they, they know we're going to look after them and uh, it's something that my heart is very strongly in because I see how a lot of professional sports people in all sports get um, used and abused for want of a better word and uh, I'd like to be that person in the way to stop that happening. Yeah for sure okay so when I move into the bigger space like would you still would you still keep your gym as like a non-profit organization? Uh, eventually I'd like like it to be my business where I could do it full-time um, but obviously that that's something that we're working towards uh, yeah. so it's a slow process as everybody knows uh, but just just uh, every year I feel we're getting that a little bit closer so I guess like what are some things that you're doing on it like I know your your schedule is packed you got a full-time job uh you're running a non-profit gym like what are some things that you're that you do on a daily basis to that are eventually going to turn that dream into a reality? I'm probably just working with working with the fighters um, every day, and obviously constantly um, looking for opportunities and marketing wise, looking for opportunities to join join um, links with other gyms. Uh, if there's any way we can make things work together or anyone that needs to use as someone that was in the position I was in 10 years ago, maybe looking to use a space on a, on a night that we don't use ours. Maybe there's an opportunity there. So I'm, I'm, I'm constantly on the lookout to improve and get bigger and open, you know, bigger scope. Yeah, absolutely, man. I really appreciate uh, your mindset around that and growth. Yeah. It's, it, it, listen, you got to, you got to take new things on or it won't go nowhere. <laughs> So before we wrap things up here, um, if you could give our listeners three pieces of advice for that you wish you would have had when you first started. Um, if it didn't work the first time, try doing what your trainer said. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's one of the main things. Trust yourself, believe in yourself. Um, always work on making the doubters wrong. All right. That sounds like a mic drop moment to me. Well, yeah. <laughs> Liam, it was a really good place. This is a really good place for us to wrap things up on this episode. But before we sign out, tell our listeners where they can find you. Uh, we're in Chippenham, Wiltshire in the UK. Um, we're actually underneath a big snap fitness gym. Uh, okay. we're in the we're in the basement underneath um it used to be a big social club called the west end but it, it changed hands and uh, fortunately we've managed to stay there um but we're, we're open every night if you catch us on facebook um get hold of us and any questions you need answering i can answer all righty liam well we appreciate your time and contribution to the podcast and we're really looking forward to seeing what you can accomplish down the road so to everybody who didn't tune in today we appreciate you as well don't forget, if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit the like and subscribe button. And if you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model within the fitness industry, click the link in the description, fill it out, and our team will be in touch with you soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lords.
Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Gym Words Podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more, or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I am your host. My name is Joe Fitzgerald. Joining us on the show today is Chris Marino of Marino's Fitness in Downington, PA. Chris, what's going on, man? How are you today? I'm doing well, thanks. I am. I'm excited to dive into this. Unbeknownst to the audience, I had the chance to kind of ask my questions and get to know more about Marino's before we got into the podcast here, but I'm a big believer in context, Chris. And so for, for the people who aren't familiar with you or aren't familiar with the brand, give us a little bit of a descriptor here. When you talk about Marino's fitness and what this business is in essence, what do you tell people? I, I know I should have a better story for this, but basically we're a, we're a semi-private customized personal training facility and we deal mostly with clients who have had issues integrating strength and conditioning exercises into their everyday or weekly lives um, mm. due to chronic disease and orthopedic conditions. So okay. the majority of our clients have special needs of some sort um, that we are in a very, you know, very, you know, special place to be able to provide that for them. Yeah. And so delivered in the format of semi-private, I want to clarify on that because semi-private as a term in our industry gets a little bit bastardized and thrown around for you guys. What does that mean? How many in a group, what are they receiving in that sort of format? So every one of our clients, uh, I'm in charge of all of our programming. We have 160 clients and we keep everybody on a five-week plan. Um, They may come anywhere from one to four days a week to train. And the program is basically written based upon a fairly comprehensive assessment of physical capacity. Um, My concern is not necessarily whether people are in shape when they come here because most of them aren't. Um, But I need to know where, where they're mobile, where they're stable, where their strength deficits are, what their core is like, what their balance is like. And then I adapt the program based upon what their goals are, which in most cases are to get stronger, to look better, to feel better, to move better. Um, But I, I use this, the assessment to try to almost tell me what not to do more so than what to do. So, you know, that that's pretty much a guide or a blueprint. 
And then um, we have a three to one ratio of clients to coach. Oh, I see. Okay. So and, this is an in-depth tailored uh, process. I got you. Yes. And, uh, they ran their own workout card. So they they have a clipboard and their program and they the coaches run them through their program individually, coach demos, uh, supervised, cued, and they basically clients know that it's a partnership. So yeah. they they don't necessarily have to set their weights up, but they have to communicate when something feels too heavy, when something feels too light, if they are having any issues whatsoever they basically have some patience and they wait for the staff to get back to them. Yeah. Now I, I want to, I want to pick your brain on kind of the history of Marino's fitness. You mentioned at least as things stand now, hundred percent in the semi-private sphere. Take me back to the beginning here, Chris, was it always that way or did we start with something else? No, that's actually a good question because it, it wasn't. I mean, I, I've been in this industry for going on 28 years now and Originally, I was a one-on-one -on -one trainer, you know, that evolved into various management positions in different organizations, uh, club ownership, and kind of the, the pure fitness realm. When I started this business, I had two small children at home, so I was the education director for a continuing education company on the weekends, and I trained clients out of my basement and uh, was able to kind of leverage a private client into allowing me to start running kind of boot camp or group training classes at one of the education complexes in our town. Um, so I would put all my tools in my truck. Um, I would hook bands up to my truck and we do things in the parking lot. In the winter times, they give me free space. Um, and then when I opened my business, it was basically, I was tired of moving stuff around and I found an 800 <laughs> square foot space in town, yeah. cheap. Uh, with a garage door to open up and I basically had my boot camp clients coming to me and I brought my private clients from my house into the space and that was day one um, and so things so, have evolved a little bit over time as you, yeah, you can imagine I mean, the majority of our business was group classes for the mm -hmm. first maybe five to six years of the business and then what caused we the switch um, really, I, I had picked up after first two years of being by myself in the business, I picked up a partner and she was a registered dietitian. Um, so we, we started to look at, you know, more individualized coaching. Um, the semi-private was starting to catch on in the industry a little bit back then. Yeah. I was going to say, you're probably one of the early pioneers of this at the time. Yeah, so, so we started to upsell some of our group training clients into more of a semi-private customized program, a little more attention, uh, more focus on strengthening rather than, you know, just pretty much just guessing weights and picking weights off the rack by themselves in a group class. Sure. Um, and then over time, it, it kind of continued to be less and less where we pretty much got to the point where just a small number of our clients would be group training clients. The bulk of them would be people who did semi-private and then maybe jumped into a couple classes a week as well. Yeah. And then uh, when COVID hit, we made some drastic changes. Um, we had got, we got and after, point, sure. I think age is a big factor here because I'm, I'm almost 50 and having the experiences that I've had, the populations that I work with now, you know, people in group classes, they, 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 they take the energy of the class 
and they get, they get carried away. And in a lot of cases, you've got a 40 or 50 year old person in the class like that. And the first time they try to do squats for 20 reps per set, and then they do it on a timer and they end up doing 150 squats in a workout, their knees hurt, their back hurts. And, yeah. you know, this, we, we just kept going through this same process where people would be constantly having nagging injuries. And um, so when COVID hit and we went back, we went to come back, we were just like, yep, that's it. We cut all of our group training. And when and it so closed, my would you say, I mean, it's, it sounds like it's more about matching the service to the demographic at this point. Would you say the majority of the people that you work with fall into that category of some sort of orthopedic nagging yeah. or diagnosed injury? At this point, it's, it's almost everybody. So okay. we're, we did have a handful of people who were healthy and younger who would do our group training classes. But, you know, in, in this business, if you don't find a niche for yourself, um, you do tend to get left behind, or at least you limit yeah. yourself for, from, you know, growth and expertise in the area. Well, to, to echo one of the sentiments from your programming, it's just as useful to know what you don't want to do as it is to know what you do want to do, especially in a business setting like this. Now, post-pandemic here, Chris, uh, it's interesting because we went all in on the semi-private model and we have a little bit more specific of a demographic that we're looking mm -hmm. for, what, from a marketing standpoint at least, what's worked for you and what hasn't worked for you? to get some people in through the doors or to expand the business? So from, from a marketing standpoint, you know, we, we started off with having a good core of people in that I had brought with me into my space. I see. Okay. Um, shortly after I added my partner, we ran a living social deal. I don't even know if living social is around anymore. Um, Groupon like program. Yeah, similar and category. At the time we actually had the highest grossing sale for any small group training program in the country um I see. a one-off sale so it drove a huge number of people into the business and gave us a lot of exposure um so over the years we had run a couple more of those when we were primarily doing group but at this point you know we're, we're either referral or we do have a website obviously and a facebook page where we do run advertising on a weekly basis um but you know, for the most part, we're getting 90% of our clients from referrals and the other 10% are just Google searches. I see. You mentioned uh, running some advertising on Facebook. What's your experience been with that? I talked to a lot of people who are either diehard champions of it and then swear by it. And I talked to a lot of people who think that it's a hoax and think that their money is going into a garbage pit. What's, what's your experience been? I'm probably somewhere in the middle. I, okay. You, you, you can't ignore the fact that Facebook provides you a platform to gain visibility. And if you're running an ad and that ad's passing by somebody's eyes, and if at any point it causes them to click on and view your page, it, it could have the potential to provide you with a benefit that you're not even seeing. Um, right away they, they may not click that but maybe into the brand friend. awareness category yeah, yeah. and that, that's pretty much what we use it for we have we don't run for leads we we run for awareness i see okay and, and so 
I think any kind of marketing conversation we have has to to stem from what is the need for it within the business. Sure. Right? If we're before, if we were trying to fill out group classes, a capacity for this is far higher. Yeah. You being in the semi-private sphere, three to one, we're not looking for 500, 1,000 members, right? We're, we can be a little bit more selective sure. in who we allow into it. With all of that being said, Chris, are you guys at capacity or close to capacity, or are we still looking for, for that growth in the long run? So back in um, February, March of last year, uh, my business partner decided to leave the business. So mm -hmm. I offered her a buyout. Okay. Um, and she's taking time to raise a child okay. and that was what she wanted to do. And so it allowed me the opportunity to kind of reformulate things, um, with the current staff that we had to get a little more efficient uh, with our operations. And we, we've been capped at 150, 160 members since that point. And it really was, a, again, we, it, this is uh, you're probably aware of how difficult it is to hire qualified personnel across every <laughs> industry right now this is a um, conversation that could take us down a rabbit hole yeah. of hours and hours and hours at this point but so continue. We, we basically decided that it wasn't going to even be worth looking for somebody new if the staff okay. that was with me was willing to bite the bullet and to try to allow us to get more kind of dialed in with how efficient we were operating um, and it allowed them to have a little bit extra pay um, as a consequence, that that's the kind of direction that we went. So, you know, at, at this point, we are, you know, it took us about seven months to get comfortable with the system. And everybody, you know, a big part of you know, ownership in any industry or any business is making sure you have the right people in the right seats. And that was a big part of what we need to do this year. And each person on my staff has stepped up. So, you know, everybody is in the seat that they needed to be in. And at this point, because I write all the programs, it was me getting comfortable and confident that those jobs could be done with we could execute effectively. Beyond you, yeah. And now I have the time to be able to start taking on some more customers. So we're going to be actually making an effort starting this year to uh, do some more community outreach, um, trying to go after referrals in the marketplace that we're trying to target, um, which is going to require us to be, would be? Um, we think it's about 200. So 200. we had about 40, 50 clients in house. I think we'll be confident that that will be where we kind of level off for a little while and see yeah. how it goes. Now, uh, beyond that, Chris, I mean, just getting leads, just getting interest is, is half the battle. I want to dig into the sales process and what you guys do to actually turn these leads into clients because it's it's a fairly in-depth and, and what I would assume is a higher ticket service than most. When you guys receive a lead from whatever source, right, from mm -hmm. Facebook, from Google, from the website, walking off the street, whatever it is. Walk me through what typically happens for that person to eventually sign up. Who do they talk to? What's that conversation about? What is the product at the end? So my assistant operations director is also my sales and marketing, oh, sales guy. I've got a separate person who does marketing for us. Okay. Um, so he, he does the intake. So whichever direction they come in, whether it's an email or a phone call or a Facebook message or anything, 
he's the first point of contact. Um, the first thing that we've we've been in the habit of doing for many years now is we host a strategy session. So we, we comp them a sit down, um, whether they want to do it in person or by phone. Um, the objective is to figure out if we're a good fit for each other, um, help them to, to help them to see and visualize what their goals are, give them an opportunity to see the facility to make sure that they're going to be comfortable here. Uh, everything we've done with our intake is actually designed to make sure that we're limiting the likelihood of people being transient and you know, being a one month and done. Um, we're, we're looking for more long-term commitments. Um, so, you know, that, that initial strategy session is kind of a, it's a screening tool for us. Um, it allows us to provide education and to set expectations with the client so that they can see what we're about and they can see what level of commitment there is. Um, at the same time, you know, we're, we deal with a population who does tend to require a little more accountability and we understand that. So we're, we're not super harsh with that. We, most of our clients are a little more timid than the average person going into a gym. Um, so, you know, really it's about developing a lot of comfort with us. And, um, and then the first step for them is to do a no contract introductory month. And so we offer them a two or three time a week training plan. Uh, they come in, they get an assessment with me. I develop the program, the staff executes the program. And over the course of the month, we continue to stay in contact and follow up from my assistant director. And we also include, we, we've got a big, um, so two of us are licensed massage therapists, which kind of is unique in this industry. Um, in the state of Pennsylvania, you guys are from Canada, correct? Um, New York. We, oh, New York, okay. So in, in the state of Pennsylvania, as a personal trainer, you're actually not supposed to put your hands on people. Um, it is a violation of scope practice. And we tow that line practice. of scope of practice a lot so, in our industry. Yeah, so even, even going to the extent of actually, you know, touching someone to put their joint in place to show them what good posture is, is kind of right on that that gray area yeah. yeah so so i went back to school and i got my massage therapy license and i have a another staff that also has his massage therapy license and he does massage therapy for 20 hours a week and then works the floor for about 10 to 15 hours a week just to be able to stay in contact with the programming um so they as a part of that intra month they actually get an, uh, an appointment with him also provides the introduction helps them to understand that we're about an integrated process where he communicates with me, I communicate with the staff, and ultimately it helps them to, to, to grasp that we're going to be the right place to take care of them and to help them get over whatever obstacle they've been facing physically. Yeah, I want to highlight a couple of things that you said because I think that, that there's a lot to digest through all of this. First and foremost, the system and the process that we designed throughout this quote unquote sales process and intake is almost designed to find reasons why we shouldn't work with them more so than why we should. We can be a little bit more choosy in this kind of model as we already alluded to, but given the, the nature of the people that we work with, we're not trying to, to bully them into it. We're just trying to establish proper expectations and 
probably provide a little bit of comfort in an industry where the landscape is constantly shifting. You say what you're going to do and back up what you're going to do to provide this quality of service. If that's what the lead is looking for, tremendous. Mm -hmm. If not, totally fine too, right? We yep. can walk away knowing that we each gave it our best. But I think that that's a really important thing that I think our industry gets wrong a lot of the time. For yeah. so many people, and maybe it's a pre-pandemic, post-pandemic thing, but for so many businesses that I speak to, it's just simply how many people can we jam through the doors? How high can we climb this membership count? Damned if we can help them or not, sign them up. Yeah. You, you guys kind of take an opposite approach to that. You know, and there's there's been a number of occasions over the past year that we've actually sent someone to what might be perceived as a competitor in the area. Um, there's obviously a lot of small group training places, CrossFit places, and if somebody comes in and we feel that that's a better program for them, we actually refer them to one of the other businesses. And well, it, I, I can only look on us. Someone that comes in with mismatched expectations can be the poisonous seed that leads to a lot of spillover in other clients' minds. And so we have to act as gatekeepers in that yeah. sense, right? If yeah. we are not the fit for them, we should not take money from them. I agree wholeheartedly. Now, Chris, you mentioned uh, at least 2023 aspirations and our conversation has just been, what have you done so far leading up to this point? But as you see Marino's fitness moving into the future here, what are the goals? What do you envision as the future of this business? I, I given my age, I sometimes feel like I'm a little more uh, kind of limited in my thinking to the extent that you know taking risks is not as easy as it sure. would have been when I was sure. thirty. Yeah. Um, I can't afford to take another loss at this point. Um, at the same time, you know, one one of my kind of big goals in kind of my past was always to be a best kept secret. Um, I, I think there's more value into being a facility, even if it's just a one-off location where people drive 30 minutes because there isn't an option that's even in close proximity to what type of service we could provide for somebody. Yep. So my, my goals are really to become that over the next five years. And uh, we, we're getting there. We, we have clients that come from a half hour, 45 minutes away to see us once or twice a week. Um, our massage therapist is starting to draw from an hour away. Um, we, we can be just as successful in one location by offering something that people can't easily accept, access. And what it will do is it'll allow us to continue to drive our number, our, our, our price point up. I see. And that, that's going to be the key. That's going to be the key to our future is to be able to continue to, to represent a value that's higher than anything else in the area so that we can be paid for, for that concurrently. What do you think you'll have to do to, to bring that to fruition, Chris? What's kind of front of mind to, to constantly deliver on that value? I, I think a big part of it's going to be to, to start getting out into the community, to start getting people who are outside of our area to be able to see that. 
Um, so, you know, one of my clients currently is the age group world champion for duathlon or not world US. So it, that, that into other areas, um, by, um, really leveraging, um, a, again, a very specific community and market and one that is kind of inter internet at that point where we could program online. Yeah. I think I might've lost you. Yeah, we, we got a little choppy there on the internet there for a moment. Um, but it sounds like, let me summarize and, and you can correct me if I'm wrong. It sounds like we want to get out, we want to expand into how do we reach the, the demographic who will be willing to invest a little bit more in their health and fitness and potentially travel if that's the case? How do we tap into that marketplace? What's the strategy? What's the messaging? Is that correct? Yeah. It, 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 and so we've got to get in front uh, of people somehow, right? We, it's, it's, uh, inevitably that's the case. Now, big picture, Chris, you mentioned your age and, and your risk averseness at this point. Do you think that there comes a time where you exit this business? Do you think that there is a, a potential handoff or a, a change of ownership in the cards? Do, What's, what's kind of on your mind in terms of, I mean, we, we never get to talk about retirement in our space, but is that something that's, sure. that's crossed your mind at any point? I, I know, I don't, I don't know if it was you, but some, somebody interviewed an old colleague of mine and it actually encouraged us to hook up again after many years of not talking. Um, mm -hmm. So I listened to his, his good interview and he's almost 70 yeah. and he's still going at this thing pretty hard. Um, I, I don't know that, you know, me not having something to work on is not a good thing. So I kind of look at this as, you know, th this was my hobby when I was a teenager and I was fortunate enough to be able to turn my hobby into a career and to pass on the information that I'm passionate about to other people. Um, and I, I don't know that, you know, when you look, when you think about retirement, yeah, maybe you will get to a certain point where you can't pull the hours that you do when you're younger. You never know. Um, but, you know, at the same time, I, I don't know that I see myself pulling away from the field and or not having a hand in the business yeah. in some way or another, um, even if it's just being a mentor to upcoming yeah. trainers. Maybe it's a, a delegation of responsibility, but never completely severing that tie. Right? Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. That's a that's a really, really great place for us to start to wrap our conversation up, Chris. But in the short bit of time we have left, I want to save a few minutes for you to be able to tell people where they can learn about Marino's Fitness. What's the website? What are the social media links? Where can people find you? Sure. We're marinosfitness.com. Uh, straightforward and they can access our Facebook link through that. In addition to Instagram, um, we're working on getting a newsletter together to start educating people. Um, they can kind of get access and connections or links to some of the certifications and programs that we're involved with through the website. Sure. Um, but that's, yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. I mean, at this Tremendous. point. 
connect with Chris and the Marinos fitness team on those platforms. Chris, this has been awesome. I really appreciate your willingness to kind of pull the curtain back and show us how this business functions from the inside out. I'm excited to see the future for you. It sounds like you guys still have a little bit of fire left inside you and, and we'll see how 2023 goes for you and, and the rest of the industry. For today, we are we are out of time, but I appreciate you and I wish you nothing but the best. Thank you. Absolutely. And to everyone who tuned in today, thank you as well. Don't forget, if you'd like to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model, click the link in the description, fill it out. Our team will be in touch soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lords out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets, at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, Tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.